iOS uh, for operating system, the book traction. Yeah. I know the basics of that. Like I've sort of read summaries of it, but I don't know like specifics of it. Yeah. So let me, cause Josh, I don't think you and I have talked about this. I'll, I'll run through what it looks like for us a little bit. So we call it our weekly leadership sync. And this is not going to be perfect L10. So for EOS, like, you know, freaks out there, don't, you know, don't throw rocks at me, but. Rob Laban's going to be uh, on the phone breaking yeah, this down no. after. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like Peter Lohman's going to be coming for me. <laughs> Welcome to Ops Talk where we record the conversations of real operators discussing the problems they are working through and the strategies they are using to work through them. Today, Rich Jordan, Guesswork, and myself discuss meetings and cadences and how to get your team working together. I am so excited for this conversation because it is crucial in running a successful operation. I hope you enjoy this as much as we did. All right, synchronous or asynchronous meetings. Meetings, are they even needed at all? I think it changes for all companies at different sizes and different stages. But yeah, this would be fun to dive into. I'm hoping to learn something myself and refine. Every time I talk to uh, Rich, I usually refine my way of looking at the world and excited to hear uh, Guesswork since he's in a different stage as well. So yeah, I mean, so Guesswork, what are you looking for as far as talking about sync, async? Yeah, no, thanks for making some time for this. But so this came from the idea that so I, I bought a trade contractor, like a home services one that, you know, pretty classic self-funded search deal. And we have no meetings as a business, right? Literally zero. We don't even have a space to do meetings. It would be almost awkward to have a one-on-one meeting somewhere. And so I want to start instituting some kind of check-ins with some of the key employees. You know, we don't really have a managerial structure per se. Like I've got direct reports. I've got one or two are like quasi, they're like crew leaders, but they're not really like, they don't view themselves as the managers of everyone else. And so those crew leaders would be great to do check-ins with but I don't really know how to begin instituting some kind of a weekly or bi-weekly check-in process that would be organic and feel useful to them. And just, you know, like do it in a way that's not really weird and it's actually useful for everyone. So I think that's where this sort of started was sort of where do I, how do I even begin instituting some of that? Rich, you, you were pretty, pretty hard start. Like you didn't really move into it. You just like started it. I think, a few months ago, right? So you probably have the closest insight into what it goes from not having that meeting to having that meeting. Yeah, to clarify, we've, we've basically been running our kind of meeting cadence for a year at this point. So like April, I think, I think yeah, like April of 2021 is when we started it. So we, we operated for a while, like, like Guesswork does right now. We, op- I guess, you know, it'd be like eight months, seven or eight months where we didn't have you know, any sort of standing meetings or anything like that. It was really just kind of like what I imagine it looks like for you, where it's just like guys show up to the shop in the morning, kind of like slap hands, push out the door, go do your job, right? Here's where you're going. Here's the things you need. Especially with our, um, our shop or like the yard isn't actually where the office is. So like most of the guys I literally don't see all week until Friday when they come to get their paychecks. Wow. Okay, right, yeah. because you're you're operating out of the uh, seller's house right now, right? For, as that's office. right. So that's going to change. I have a new office, so that'll that'll become a change soon. But the new office will still not be where most of the trucks are parked. Like we'll have a lot more shop space, which is great. But the trucks will primarily still be parked a couple miles away. And so the guys, like their schedules, basically show up at the yard. You know, at seven, leave. They get back to the yard around three, four ish, and then they go home. 
Like that's the day. So even like trying to plan a meeting would be like, okay, let's aim for three thirty PM. But they, and like some days they finish at two and then it's like, okay, now what, you know what I mean? And so it, it, that's what I'm sort of, it's like weird logistics mixed with like an, a culture that just doesn't involve meetings. Is there any like reporting cadence? Like are there numbers coming up to you daily? Are you pushing down what everybody did? Any kind of even async? Yeah, I've set up now some KPI dashboards for myself, but I haven't shared those with anyone yet. Sure. So as far as kind of org structure, because I, I think org structure has a lot to do with this as well. Are those, you have two or three crews with crew leaders? I have two crews. I have two crews so, and, and like three crew leaders who kind of rotate based on who's working that day. Do those crew leaders report directly to you or is there some sort of manager in your pocket as well. No, they report directly to me. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So maybe it makes sense for me to talk through like what we do and why and what like high level, what we're trying to achieve with our schedule. And then we can, we can figure out what maybe that looks like for, for something like your company. So for us, we basically have like, we basically have three, three categories of standing meetings that we, that we have, right. We have our, daily huddle. We call that our sit rep, our situation report, right? And that's at the management level only. So that's me, the GM. And, and right now, this is only happening at guarantee. This is like, st- we are still like attempting to install this at Sanford, which is the new HVAC company. So this is, so we're talking strictly guarantee here. So that's me. That's the GM of guarantee. That's the call center manager slash dispatcher. And that's the service manager right. Who oversees the field, the field staff daily as every day at 9am that we're coming together. Got it. And that's, we have like a very tight job cycle, you know, like we have, you know, there are certain times when we have a call come in at 11am, we're going to run that call at 1pm. You know what I mean? So we have, we have a very tight job cycle. So we find it important to like be making sure we're all on the same page, working towards the goals for that day every day. Right just basically like chopping wood and then weekly on Tuesdays at two, that same crew, that same managerial like leadership crew meets at 2 PM each Tuesday. And that's like where we get better. That's where we grow. That's, that's, and that's basically like a pretty, that's pretty close to like your standard traction EOS level 10 meeting, same kind of flow, same sort of, you know, six or seven, whatever it is kind of categories that you're working through. I don't know. What, what is a level 10 meeting? I don't know what that is. Yeah, sure. So um, EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System, the book traction. I know the basics of that. Like I've sort of read summaries of it, but I don't know like specifics of it. Yeah. So let me, because Josh, I don't think you and I have talked about this. I'll, I'll run through what it looks like for us a little bit. So we call it our weekly leadership sync. And this is not going to be perfect L10. So for EOS, like, you know, freaks out there, don't, you know, don't throw rocks at me, but Rob Laban's going to be uh, on the phone breaking yeah, this down no. after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it pun intended with rocks? Yeah, Peter Lohman's going to be coming for me. <laughs> so for us, we like our first kind of the category that you, yeah, there's seven kind of things that you're working through through the L10. Starts with a kickstart. And that's for us, we talk um, personal and professional wins from the past week individually. And that can be like, that can be anything, you know anything's fair game there. Just kind of basically it's just like getting people warmed up for the meeting, you know, getting to know each other a little bit 
especially for us where we're like kind of hybrid remote and on site. It's like pretty helpful for us to get to know each other and everything, particularly over the course of a year. Then we have like our scorecard, which is our kind of weekly metrics, right? That each one of us is responsible for and we're reporting on those. And and then we have our goal review, which is kind of like our more long-term horizon goals. And generally the stuff from the scorecard is going to feed into our achievement of the long-term goals, how we're pacing towards those. Those two sections, that's where like I've taken some liberties on the L10. I'd have to like go back to the book and, and to tell you exactly what it's supposed to be, but that's basically how we do it. Then we have call outs and shout outs. So that's kind of like, I think, I think EOS calls it headlines or something like that. And it's just like quick snippets, you know, Hey, shout out for, you know, shout out to these two people on the team for doing this last week. Great job. Call out like this guy screwed this up, you know, and a lot of times those call outs will then fall down to a, a section that I'll get to in a second. We'll then review the review any like uh, to do list items that came out of the week before for any of us, and then we'll drop down to issues. Um, you'll hear guys refer to this as IDS, identify, discuss, and solve. And this is like the real meat of the meeting. This is where we like truly like get better. This is where we've developed processes or like kind of begun to develop processes and you know essentially like identifying problems like hey we dropped the ball here how do we make sure we don't drop the ball on that going forward what can we put in place what like workflows can we put in place processes policies you know what needs to be communicated to the field team and stuff like that so that this doesn't happen again and that's basically where all, this is like where all the sausage gets made is in the issue section and then there's just the conclusion and EOS will tell you like conclusion is like review the to-do list and add anything to it that came out of the particularly that came out of the issues, any like cascading messages that need to be communicated to the team and rate the meeting. All the, all the participants in the meeting, like rate the meeting on, on a scale of one to 10 and like how we can improve it going forward. So that's, that's basically the L10 meeting that we run through each week. Got it. How many people are in that? That's four. So that's me. Again, that's like me, my uh, guarantees GM service manager and the call center manager. I got a question. How are the metrics that you're covering in that meeting being assimilated? Are they being gathered throughout the week? Are they kind of like everybody's supposed to put those in the day before? Like, how does that bubble up so that they're available for everybody at that time? Yeah, they're just kind of logistically, we do that in a Google sheet. So it's like a new tab every week. And, you know, there's like spots for those metrics to go in on a Google sheet, like super, it's like low res, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be sexy. But yeah, it's just the, the whoever's responsible for it pulls the data out of mostly out of our CRM and plugs it in prior to the meeting starting. Some of us are better about doing that the night before, you know, five minutes before during the meeting, but but it happens one way or another. Yeah. Do you think you could get all or most of that accomplished async? And I guess maybe a better way to word that is what would you lose if you did that async? Of course you could make it happen. What would you lose if you went to async? Yeah, I mean, so like the yeah, everybody could receive the report with everybody's metrics async. But like I said, like the real meat and potatoes of that meeting is that issue is the issues, you know, the identify, discuss and solve part of of the meeting, right? And like, yeah, could you do like the Jeff Bezos Amazon thing where everybody like writes up <clears throat> writes up a page, everybody reads it on their own? Sure. I don't know that like the you know, not everyone on my team is like geared 
to do it that way. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is, this is not Amazon for a lot of reasons and we have to build our company to not need to be Amazon, but still run and be profitable. Yes. I mean, we're so, so really like the synchronous part is like, Hey, this is screwed up. How can we fix it? I might not even know how to fix it. Right. I mean, like, you know, like this is, this is fucked up. How do we, how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? And like, sometimes there'll be a silence, right? What's, like, what's like people are expecting, if people are, you know, maybe expecting me to like put out a uh, solution. I don't have one. So like, what is it? Like, let's jam on this and we'll, and we will jam on it. You know what I mean? And we'll either figure it out right then or like somebody has a to-do list item or an action item like over the net, over the course of the next week to like come back to the meeting with, you know, with a solution or at least with a part of the, of a solution. So like, that's, that's how we've like, I'm like, I'm like a broken record here, but like, that's like how we've gotten good, right? Like anything that like, if anyone looks at guaranteeing goes, damn, those guys are like, those guys do things right. It's through this like iterative process every week where figuring out how to do stuff right. And the daily sit rep, like I think on our first podcast, Josh, I called it my secret sauce or whatever. That sort of is, I mean, it's like both of them. The daily sit rep is just like where we're just like chopping wood. Like we're just getting after it. We're making sure we're on the same page. We're making sure we're hitting our revenue goal, hitting like our calls ran goal, thinking up on like, you know, just like random shit that we need to sync up on for that day for a particular client or whatever it is. But the, the weekly meeting is where we like really, really get better yeah. and improve. I'd like to share my version of what you just shared, Rich, for Kanecast that might help guesswork. But then I also think what would be really helpful is to hear from guesswork what he's experiencing that tells him he needs to move in this direction. Because like, I mean, guesswork, you first posted something right online asking about this. So obviously you feel something in the company, either a disconnect or a, an, a misalignment that said, hey, I'm missing some piece. I need to start thinking about meeting sync, async, et cetera. And I think you expounding on that would be really useful for anybody listening that might be going through it saying like, oh, this is how I solve that weird feeling I have or that, that issue. So I'd love to hear that. And then, yeah, so I'll, I'll share my version of riches just to give to, to complete the thought. So we do something similar. We have, we have just implemented a daily meeting and we also have a weekly main meeting and then a monthly strictly finance. It's just me, Reg, Eric, and Nikki for the different, for doing the financials. And what's interesting is we are similar to Rich, but I think Rich started with a framework and iterated back to what worked best for him and the team, what they needed, basically got rid of stuff that didn't make sense for them or wasn't adding value, added some things that did. Um, I always meant to do that. I have, I have the traction book. I just never got around to doing it. And we ended up just throwing the meeting in there and then adding things that we needed. And so and we iterated to almost the same spot. So it's interesting that we came from two sides and it kind of came to the same structure. And so the first thing that we did was our weekly meeting. And this was because we were having problems that we weren't finding out about in the plant. And so having this set time where the plant manager could say, you know, we keep running out of this or the furnace is acting up and that's why our mold count is down. Like just those things that for whatever reason, they don't tell you about. And then you're like, why are, why are we down 20% on the month? Oh, our furnace has been broken since, you know, week two. You're like, well, why don't you tell me? Well, the meeting gives them the opportunity and the reason to do that. And so we call it our bottleneck meeting, but it's basically an ops meeting. It's, hey, what is stopping you from moving forward with 
regard to facility, with regard to labor, and with regard to equipment. The big, the big three areas that keep us from moving forward. And just asking that general question every week bubbles up continual new ideas, new investments, new fixes, new hires. And it does it on a weekly basis rather than like once every month or two when a problem happens to show up in the numbers. So that that started there. And then we had to add because we realized we were basically reacting to problems. So all of a sudden, a guy would say like, you know, I want to go somewhere where there's some kind of advancement. And I'm like, hey, we're doing tons of advancement. And I mean, the guy that said that recently, we actually took somebody from his exact role at another plant and made him plant manager. So it, not only is there advancement, literally his role was the last person to be advanced to plant manager. And I realized that was my fault. I wasn't telling people what was happening in other plants. And so we added key company updates, which I think Rich said is one of his categories as well. Hey, big high level, here's kind of the exciting things that we're doing. Another thing to help drive the team together to make it fun, competitive, is we started reviewing all the different plants numbers together in that meeting. Up, oh, superiors, you know, month over month mold count is, you know, 10% or max 15%. And just those couple of metrics, we same thing, we use Google Sheet, no need to make it more complicated. It's just an easy thing to share and everybody to add to. So we share those. We share open positions. The purpose of open positions is to let people know that there is advancement. So one way to do that is to tell them. Another way is to actually share, hey, we're looking to hire you know, a poor, poor guy down in Missouri. Now, nobody might actually want to move to Missouri to be on the poor deck, but they're aware, oh, they're, they're actually sharing this company-wide with all the different plants. And it just gives them this mind that we're, that there's advancement and it solves that issue that I had to react to two months ago. We share big wins because we want them to know that uh, if they get the big, like personal big wins, we want their names to come out, get recognition. I think that works better than even bonuses a lot of the time is just calling people out for really crushing it and doing something well, especially when they experiment, they fail, and then they figure it out because that's the whole culture change we're trying to do is it's okay to fail, but I also want to recognize the win after the fail. And so that's basically our weekly meeting is we, I gather all that stuff. I share it with the plan managers. They share it with their people. And then we also talk about the bottlenecks. But we were still missing this, this you know, soft area of accountability or alignment. I don't really know what the right word is. And so we just implemented a daily meeting. And I, Rich, I think you called it a kickoff where it's, you know, people were coming in and they were leaving and they would come in 20 minutes late and 30 minutes late. And, you know, they might stay late too, but you know, nobody's communicating and it's, it's, there's just this weird misalignment and stuff just drifts. And before you know it, you're like, I haven't talked to this guy in, you know, four months. And oh my God, he just quit. Of course he quit. He doesn't feel like he's part of anything. You just totally dropped the ball on the guy. So to fix that, we started doing daily huddles. And the daily huddle is really just about mold numbers from the previous day. Any, you know, the, the patterns that we're going to be working on today, we might go over a couple of issues like, oh, you know, this machine's leaking oil. So we're not expecting as much out of that machine today, or this job's more important. We're going to move it up. What I told the managers is it's not really about what you share. It's just about having it. And so the reasons that I wrote down to them that we're going to do this is accountability, connection, unity, alignment, keeping them informed and part of the community and creating a little bit of competition. And I think those are the things. It's not so much what you share daily. It's that you're sharing stuff daily. You're, hey, we're part of something. We're going to kick off together. You know, I'm working on this. You're working on that. We're all going towards the same goal. And again, I'm really rehashing a lot of the stuff Rich already said. There was a lot of key phrases that you used. 
And so if you take all that stuff that I just said, and I'm all like, I love frameworks, right? So like, what is the framework for when a sync meeting is a good idea? And there's, it comes down to, to two that I can think of that I've seen when you need alignment. So we did the same thing in Mexico. We did the same thing at chess group, been doing this forever. We didn't have permanent daily meetings, but whenever it felt like the teams were drifting, we would do three or four weeks of a daily meeting. Like, let's just meet every day, talk about what's going on. Like, it just gets people back and like, okay, we're moving. We're a team. This is an actual business. This isn't just like a daycare that I show up and drift around at. And it, it always got people back on track without having to discipline anybody. Just having that meeting was like just an automatic realignment for myself and them. Got us all in touch as a team. I think permanent's probably better, but we, we just did it temporarily to realign. So I think alignment, like I said, accountability, connection, unity, I'm, I'm wrapping all of that up into alignment. And then the second thing is when there's discussions to be had. So like, like you said, Rich, that's when, that's when guarantee moves forward, right? Is, is your ideas, is your discussion for us. That's when we're, we're tackling equipment. Like, yeah, we could have an async discussion about equipment, but it's much better for all the stakeholders. Myself was looking for ROI and efficiency and productivity. The manager who has to deal with the downtime and the OT, the, you know, Eric, who's got to deal with the mold count, like, Everybody has different reasons. Nikki, who's kind of handling the finance side of it. And it's good for all of us to have the discussion together in the open to discuss the best ways forward to fix these bottlenecks. And so complex discussions that have different perspectives and alignment, I find are two great reasons for a sync meeting. Just sharing information, just passing tasks, just updating people are, hor are horrible reasons for a sync meeting. It can be the what, but it can't be the why, right? So um, all that said, I'd love to hear Rich's take or shred of what I just said, and then also guesswork, like what is it that you're missing that you feel like this is going to solve? Yeah, let's kick it over to guesswork. Yeah, so I mean, you guys are covering a lot of different bases, and I, you're covering the stuff that I am thinking about and more, obviously. But I think so. Where my the genesis of my question came from two areas. One, which you guys both covered. One is with a couple individuals who I think are kind of exciting people. Like they're exciting inside the business. There's a lot that they could kind of grow into that I don't even know if they've considered sort of their potential internally. Like I want to start having more meetings with them to for them to feel like they're a part of it and for them to start to visualize where they could go with the company. And, and it's a part, it's a time for me to also check in with them and learn like what are they enjoying? What are they not enjoying about the job? So that's a, that's a little bit more of like a, those are more like one-on-one -on -one check ins as opposed to team meetings. But then separate from that, I think Rich, you said something about like that weekly meeting is why you guys have gotten better. Like I think right now things seem to work, but I kind of don't understand why. And like we're definitely not I don't I don't think we're improving. I think we we're pretty good at what we do, but we're not improving and there's no focus on improving. And so like I've wanted like a way, like a weekly way for me to learn what's actually happening every week at the business, right? Cause like, I'm not out with the crews. I'm not out in the field. And so like week after week, we're doing jobs. We're getting five-star reviews on Google. Like, you know, it's all fine, but I have like no idea if like maybe like one of the crew leaders is like pissed off about something. I have like, I don't have a really good systematic way of knowing and I don't have a good systematic way of knowing like what could we be doing better? Yeah. So there's two things there. One is, making sure people have like an avenue to provide leadership with feedback. Right. And not just that they can like grab you on the job site or, or call your cell phone or whatever, 
Cause that's not really optimal for you either. Right. Cause then you're getting like pinged all the time at random hours and stuff. Like now people will generally hold those thoughts until that weekly meeting. Right. So, so it actually, it actually ends up like freeing up everyone's time, particularly the people, the time of the people at the top. Cause like that's will just wait until Tuesday afternoon or whatever. I think, I know like we, I've definitely felt this before. So uh, let me, I guess I've, I'm only thinking of the stuff that I'm involved in now, but we also like guarantee also has like a technician meeting every Tuesday morning. Actually, I think we just, we just canked, we just canceled the uh, Tuesday one. So now we're just doing Friday mornings. We do a team breakfast and we, we, we do like a meeting afterwards where we do like announcements, updates, whatever. One of the things that I remember feeling when I was running that meeting on Tuesdays or Fridays was um, like a little like pang of anxiety when you're like coming in, you're driving in that morning. You're like, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. You know, <laughs> right? Um, like that's like that's like a real thing, right? And you're like, man, am I going to look like an asshole? I'm going to like bring all these guys in for a meeting, and then well, yeah, for sure. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm going to look like an asshole. Um, <laughs> that's hard for me to brush off. But seriously, right? Like there's a little bit of anxiety. So I think that anxiety, that anxiety starts to go away when you have like a more, a somewhat more regimented agenda. Like just when we have this meeting, this is what we review, right? So there is no more of like Monday night before the field staff meeting, like, oh, fuck, what am I going to talk about? And now I got to think of stuff that the guy screwed up last week that I want to talk to him about or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, Hey, we go through, we go through this agenda. That's it. Right. So I think that helps because the reality, especially on a really small team, like if the lead, if the leader is starting to have anxiety about meetings, then what happens to the meetings? They don't happen. Right. Cause it's much easier to brush them off. You mentioned something in the very beginning about, you know, do you schedule the meeting for like three 30, but then guys finish up their job at two or some guys finish up their jobs at four. I'll tell you like what we found, like with these like truck based, service businesses is that if you're trying to get the field staff together, you cannot do it any other time than the first thing in the morning. That's it. hundred percent agree. Yeah. We had the same thing. We tried two o'clock and it failed every week. We had to move it or cancel. Yeah. Like once those trucks leave the shop, like you have no idea how that day's going to pan out for any one of those trucks. So yeah, like literally like we, if we're trying to get all the technicians together, like the morning is the only time we'll ever try to do it. Um, right. So I, I think I just probably like, the, the the former owner is very punctual with and the crews have learned it from him in the sense of like seven o'clock wheels are rolling and you know which is great but as a result like even the idea of saying like hey let's actually meet at seven and then you'll head out as soon as the meeting's over i like i just i mean I, it sounds like that's probably just the thing that we need to do and we just need to eat that 30 minutes of productivity which is fine but i know like from the seller's perspective, who's still, you know, he's still transitioning and he's still involved in the business right now. It's going to be like, okay, you're throwing away time. You know what I mean? But I think that's probably just something for me to get over. Yeah. And, and well, the reality is that like both, both people can be right. You know what I mean? Like the reality is like you are using paid time of your technicians that they could be on the job. Right. And it's not just the paid time. It's the, it's the efficiency. Like, 
our drive times at seven to seven thirty, you know, in our traffic here is way better than seven thirty to eight, and then eight to eight thirty. So like that's really where he he kind of, which is a very good point. Like our office and our yard is are very strategically located based on where the highway is, the express lanes are, and all of that. So a lot of thought has gone into that to you know have productivity be high, and so something like this is like very counterintuitive to the business. Well, let's talk. I guess well, let's figure out because you've got kind of three crew leads, two crews. Each crew has like three to four guys. You're talking like ten guys. Uh, four, four guys under the crew leader. Like each crew is five guys. So like twelve. So twelve people with you. Or do you have an office admin too? I have one office admin. So yes, yeah, so it's it's uh, there's twelve. There's ten crew members, one office admin, and me. So. What would you be trying to achieve with a meeting and who would you want there? And what would you, so what would you be trying to achieve? Let's start there. So I think the first is it would be the crew leaders for sure. And probably the office admin. And what I would love to start doing is saying like, okay, these like, so our jobs are very known. Like we have a 10 plus week backlog. And so I would love to sit down on maybe like Friday morning and say like next week, these are the jobs. Do we foresee anything going wrong with them? Because otherwise what's happening is like, it'll be whatever midway through a job and it will be like, oh shit, like this specific part of the job was not what we thought it was going to be. And now we're dealing with it. Um, and so I think that would be a big part of it. And that's, that's more like blocking and tackling. And then the separate, separate element of it, which I think would be maybe smaller, maybe just the crew leaders or maybe one-on-one with the crew leaders is reviewing how did last week go how are you doing against, you know, KPIs that I'm holding you against, which I currently don't have any, but in theory, you know, I would have that. And then that also gives them the opportunity to say like, Hey, you know, like this guy on my crew is not doing so great. You know, this guy is like, you know, he, this person should get a raise. Hey, like this piece of equipment needs this, you know, like I, I think those are like the two parts that I had in mind. Do you guys ever do you guys ever show up to a job like without the tools or the equipment that you need? Not right, often, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So stuff like that probably important that you lose in the meeting because because so this is important too. Like these meetings can often be like fifteen and twenty minutes. You know, like my weekly L ten. Like yeah, sure, that's like forty five minutes to an hour. But my daily sit rep is like anywhere from four minutes to 10 minutes, you know? Got it. I think that's probably what I really need to do right away or very soon is say every day, maybe I pick one crew leader and it's like each crew leader gets one of the days of the week and it's 7 a.m. And, you know, we're done probably 10 to 15 minutes. And then maybe Friday, it's like a 30 minute to review next week. Because just because we don't need like the daily sit rep, just because our, our jobs are well booked in advance. You know what I mean? It's not like the day of. Um, yeah, you're not like a dispatch. You're more of like a um, schedule-based company as opposed to like yeah. a dispatch-based company. That, that's right. But I think that could actually be pretty feasible. I think I've just been mentally struggling with that idea of giving up the 7 a.m. wheels rolling time. But I think that's just the right way to do it if we want to get you better. Think you could do, so for me, like, you know, most of my office team is remote or at least like remote relative to each other, right? Like my GM at guarantees on site, but he's remote to me. So we do like my one-on-ones with my staff are like via phone, 
like, is that something that at least with, for your one-on-ones with your crew leaders, like, do you think that's feasible that you could, one, is it worth it? And two, is it feasible to do those via phone? That is, it is definitely feasible. It's more of like, maybe because I'm coming from like a office world, it feels unnatural to me that I like never see them. You know what I mean? I, I'll see them on Fridays, but it, like, but if a guy, like some of my part-time guys who don't work five days a week, so they don't work Fridays, like I might not see them for a month. Which could be some alignment issues. With that. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it's just really odd. It, it makes this like all the more important, right? Yeah. Correct. Can I, can I share something really quick? Because it sounds like we've talked about the daily, which is, you know, alignment, the weekly, which is about problem solving and keeping everybody on target. But there's another one that Rich alluded to, you've alluded to, and it sounds like maybe is the one you need to start with, and that's the one-on-ones. Now, you can mix and match them however you want. There's no rules, right? But technically, in my experience, the one-on-ones are good at preventing like major hiccups in the business due to people. It's a way for people to voice concern weeks or even months before they just up and quit. And you're like, like you said, guesswork, like, whoa, wait, where did you, my key employees exactly. just quit? I didn't know you were pissed off for two months. Why don't you just say something? Exactly. And it's, a, it's a way to, to vent that. So that means two things. One of them, sh- I think they should definitely be in the morning when people are fresher and not burnt out from work. You don't want them coming off of whatever irks them, having just irked them for four hours to somewhere where they can talk openly so whether it's a back room or maybe let everybody leave at seven and you hold one of them back uh, and do it first thing in the morning. But just think about location because now the meeting has changed from accountability and alignment, getting everybody on board and kicking off with a hurrah to, hey, we're preventing a huge problem six months out. So let's have a talk. Let's just keep you on board. In my case, I'm doing a lot of leadership development. I'm taking people that can run a plant someday, but are lacking lots of people skills and, and leadership. And I'm slowly teaching them how to view the plant, how to view people, how to, you know, problem resolve, how to take care of difficult employees. It was like, I'm like reshaping them to take like my cultural view of the company. And that just takes time and and repetition. And it sounds like maybe that's what you need most. No, I I think that's right. Yeah, the the one-on-ones are just like incredibly important. And we found that, so we didn't do those in like a deliberate fashion for a long time. And when we did, it was like night and day, right? All of a sudden, like people are just like on the same page. Like you can just feel like everyone's just like more engaged. You know what I mean? And it's as simple as like, hey, they got to spend 30 minutes talking to Rich this week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I mean, Rich knows a little bit about this, but I just deflated a massive problem that has been growing for months with literally a 30 to 40 minute discussion and I basically said, you could tell me whatever you want to tell me. I even understand if you don't like me, let's just talk about it and ended up now it's one of my biggest allies has done triple the work in the last two weeks than I've seen in the last six months. It's just been a crazy turnaround. And I, I think I talked to Rich that night and I was literally like, wow, I have been neglecting this and that is on me. And Rich even made the point to put it further on me. He said, can you imagine what it's been like to be them working, not knowing where they stood and trying to execute and you're making all these changes like rich was almost basically saying shame on you for not communicating with them um (laughs) which is which is great but it's yeah it's it's real though like and so now i've got them with all my directs and i'm even doing skips now too so i've taken leadership development on myself because eric my director of ops is pretty busy with the actual technical and so even though they technically report to him 
He doesn't have time for that development. And we have a lot of people development we need to do. So I love it because I love talking to people. They love it because they get to talk directly to me and they get to step out of the ops. And I'm basically telling them it's okay. Here's what we're going to work on. You're doing great. And we just are slowly working through things. And it's like crazy how it's just activating one person after another to have more stamina, more ideas, more buy-in. Um, definitely should have been doing it sooner. It's huge. Probably my biggest mistake since I've started with KaneCast is not doing these. What's crazy too is that like even in an office setting where everyone's working together, like say like, you know, like Sanford, the new HVAC company, like has like an office staff, right? What was interesting to me is like when we took over, it became clear that amongst their office staff, they had a very serious retention problem. Like they would just like burn and churn through office staff manager level people, CSRs, install coordinators, right? Like just like couldn't hold on to people. And, and what was interesting is like, they have like a pretty charismatic and like fairly like effective leader in the GM. So it's kind of a head scratcher, right? You're like, what's going on here? And then you realize that like, while, while he's like a, a very adept leader, he's not like utilizing the tools that are available to him as a manager. Right. So there was no meetings happening at all. Like never. Right. Once a quarter, they would do a quarterly review. That's it. And that was more of a brief, not a meeting. And so then you have, you know, even though they're like right across the hall from each other, you have people that are like stewing in their own thoughts and like they're pissed off or they're frustrated. And, you know, you figure like, Hey, we're, we're together every day. We're like inside the same box, but, but we're not communicating. There's not like a dedicated time to voice your frustrations to me, to give me your good ideas, to figure out how we can improve. And then people just fucking quit, you know, or they get fired too, right? Like they get fired. And it's like, you look at, you look at it from the outside with fresh eyes and you're like, that person did not need to be terminated. You know what I mean? Like we could have just like managed them better, given them some more guidance. It's like a relief like, valve. Focused just on them like a little lets bit. the steam go out a little bit. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's like so avoidable, but the reality is like, I, I think that's like a good cautionary tale. Like you, you start to realize that like these things are even like, they're just as prevalent in an office setting where you're there together every day like if you don't have a dedicated communication like cadence with people you're, you're gonna like lose people right and particularly for guys like the three of us that are like trying to grow these companies it's really hard to grow these companies when you're continually like revolving door on on your talent so that's something we're really working that's something, it's just something we're really working through here at this new company is like you know kind of like to install the mindset of that like deliberate cadence and like what it can bring. One of the ways we've done that is because we run all of our meetings with guarantee, like remote compatible, like we'll, we'll log in to the meeting with guarantee with some of the staff at Sanford, like in overwatch, like watching and they're like, Oh damn. Yeah. I can see how that's like useful. Like we should definitely bring that here, you know? So, but yeah, I mean like the, it's, it's such like a simple thing. Like, you know, do we have meetings? Do we not have meetings? But it really, at least in my experience, seems to have like a really drastic impact on retention and engagement and just like overall well-being of the like health of the workforce, you know? 
And those one-on-ones, the check-ins where you're kind of hearing people out, so like pressures and building, so to speak, are you doing those, well, one, in person or over the phone? And then two, is like for those ones, do you have an agenda going in to your original point? You know, like, what are we going to talk about? I sort of have that feeling with them is like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, so I think these, you know, the one-on-ones, particularly when you've got several direct reports, right? So I think I think right now, I do four one-on-ones a week, right? And that's not too heavy of a lift, but still like kind of heavy of a lift, two hours of my time. So for us, it's, our one-on-ones are 30 minutes, and we put them on the subordinate as far as the agenda. So the 30 minutes is... This is your meeting. This is like whatever you want to talk about. Like literally that's how I started every time. Like we sit down, this is like, if it's in person, we sit down. All right, Connor, your agenda. What do you got? That's what I start every single one-on-one exactly the same way. That's how I started. And like, there'll be a little bit of a pause and then they'll start going. Hey, you know, I saw this last week and I was wondering if, you know, like how we might be able to improve that. Have you, have you heard of anybody doing something like this differently? I think this would be a good idea, you know, and we just like kick it around. And if that starts to kind of like stall out at 15, 20 minutes, then I'll take the last 10 and I'll, you know, maybe I'll have some things. But honestly, like a lot of times that the the subordinate like takes the full 30. And when you set these up in the first place, what did you prompt them with? Because I I just think if I started this with a couple of my guys and they were, and I was like, you know, like your agenda, what do you want to talk about? They wouldn't know where to begin. Yeah, I think uh, I, you know, I prompted them with with exactly that and then i said you know so anything you want to talk about improvements frustrations ideas the schedule for the next week your upcoming vacation plans how things are at home like whatever you want to talk about we can talk about you know because ultimately like what what we're going to talk about is whatever's like most important to them at that time right hey Guesswork, you know, a lot of this is sales too. Like you're always selling. So when you're trying to set these meetings up, you're selling them and why it's important. And so one of the things that I said to everyone is, hey, this is a, like, I feel like I haven't given you a proper channel to make your concerns known, whether you need more help or more machines or more vacation, or like you just need to vent. I go, I haven't provided you a channel. So this is going to be that channel. This is your time to talk about whatever is bothering you or important to you, or you're excited about and I'm all ears. Like, I, this is the time for you to school me, basically. And that's that using that language, right? And instead of just saying, like, oh, it's, your, it's all yours, you're kind of telling, you're like, you're selling it, right? This is your chance to really like reverse the roles and you own what's going to happen. And so far, I've had nothing but positive feedback on the meetings. And then the meetings themselves, I, I don't have an agenda, but I did tell them all 10 minutes, whatever you want to talk about. I'm not going to open my mouth except for to say, okay, or give you another prompt. I really like, I take notes on everything that they're saying and I'll come back around to it so that I'm not good at staying on track. So it helps me make sure that I like touch points. So if somebody says like, I'm frustrated by this and this happened yesterday and I'm like, oh, I got to explain this to them. I'll just write that in notes. The next 10 minutes, I try to kind of answer all their concerns, calm them down. That's kind of like, that's the actual diffusing that happens. And then after that, it's either it's back and forth or it's talking about the future, um, talking about where we're headed, getting them back excited. So it's basically like, give me all your frustrations. I'll diffuse them all. And then we're going to get back on track and get excited about what's happening. Maybe some develop some development talk. That's the ideal. We'd never hit it. Like Rich said, usually they take 12 to 17, 18 minutes. 
I then respond, give them a little bit of training for five to 10. And then there's a couple extra minutes for, for BS. But I've had everything from already, you know, engagement announcements to, you know, this is like the worst day that I've had at this plant. And so everything in between. But I find it's, it's an all in how you pitch it. So I basically said, we're going to do these. It's your time. And then I've got in my screen, I've got six areas that I put up on my screen. And each one has like prompt questions that I can use. So if I want to talk, if I want to get into their goals, I'll be like, you know, what are some of the big goals that you've set for yourself, either here or personally or whatever. But I don't, I haven't really had to use those too much because once they get talking, they'll go everywhere and it really is their meeting. So it's not about my prompts. That's just if it gets to be a quiet spot, I can use that. Or, you know, what are your biggest frustrations? What's driving you nuts? What do you think I can help you do better? You know, how am I not being the best person to work for and, and with? And yeah, just improving their overall relationship with the people around them, the firm and, and you. Yeah. Important to mention too, like, I don't think my, well, my, my opinion is that this is not the place for like performance evaluations. Right. I think that was, that was actually like my first inclination was to basically do like, you know, to review KPIs and, and stuff like that with the individual. And we actually do that to a certain extent, like the service manager does that with the technicians during their one-on-ones. So it's a little more like technically focused, but at least at like the management level, at the crew leader level, like you got enough, you know, the two of you have enough problems at that level, like people problems, process problems, system problems, schedule problems, that I think the time is better used than to just like, you know, focus on performance. So that's, that's just kind of my take. The, what, what I'll recommend is the book, The Effective Manager by Mark Horstman. Josh, Josh, I think you read that recently too, right? Yeah. So, so honestly, like a lot of the things that we're espousing here from the one-on-ones, like come straight out of that book. So I'd highly recommend that to, to you guest worker or to anybody listening. If, if what we're talking about here with the one-on-ones is interesting to you, Mark Horseman in the effective manager does a really nice job of like laying that out. And I pretty much follow that to a T honestly, I just like execute what's in that book. And do you guys, do you give them the option to cancel the meeting or, or no? If we need to move it, we'll move it. So it's standing, it's standing meeting on the calendar for, for me and, and my team. I, I try to like, I put all my meetings on Tuesday. So like all my one-on-ones are on Tuesdays. If we need to shift it, we'll shift it. If they need to shift it, that's okay. But generally like we're not going to, but yeah, you're not doing like, Hey, like yeah. if you, if you don't have anything to talk about this week, just let me know and we'll cancel it. Cause that's what I would worry about is they just yeah okay the second you give them an out they'll take it every time and then you won't have yeah, the purpose yeah, yeah. I, I would, so and, and that's what's interesting too like josh a little bit ago mentioned how did i kind of install like the meetings in general and the reality is like you kind of have to be your own zealot around this stuff like people are people are going to and at the outset they're gonna like kind of be like ah man you know now i gotta take 30 minutes out of my week to talk to guess work about this the reality is like two or three weeks in like they're gonna they're they're gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to remember like what it was like not having it right they're like damn this is like really useful for me so so you just need to like push it yeah and i think now is like Um, like actually i had a one-on-one i had a one-on-one last tuesday uh this is it was actually the first one-on-one with with this guy he's new to the team and we started i was like all right man your agenda like what do you got and he's like dude i don't have anything I was like, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> and sure enough, sure enough, like we, you know, it ended up 
you know, a little bit of back and forth, push back, push back, push back. But then we ended up going over the time because we had so much to talk about. Right. It was crying. It was, we bonded. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we had like a very productive, yeah. very, very productive one-on-one, but it literally started out with, I have nothing. I don't know what to talk to you about. So it's just, you know, seriously, it was like, you know, kind of twisting his arm a little bit, but then, but then it all came out. So I'm wondering, you know, I, I do think I hear you on the like kind of logistical issue. I think those are like the easy answer is just to say like, just like fit though, you know, but, but I wonder like, like do your crew leads have their own trucks? Like do they drive to the job on their own or do they have a guy in the truck with them when they drive? No, they, they're usually driving our big trucks. So they're usually taking someone with them. Um, but yeah, that's what I, I mean. The logistics eventually I will figure out. That's not like that shouldn't be. It's really an issue of prioritization, I think. Right? Like if I prioritize it enough, we'll solve the the logistics. Yeah, I wonder if like maybe maybe it takes maybe on your part, it's like a flexibility where it's like, hey, like you know, hey, crew leader number one, your one on one days are on Tuesday. Like you call me when you have thirty minutes available. Right. I don't, I don't know like how active the crew leader is on the job. He might be very active, but no, um, I think that's the right idea. Like, or it might even be like, listen, like you give me the call when you're headed back to the yard and then I know like, and then you're going to come to the office as soon as you park the truck. And so then we've got our 30 minutes then it, it, it makes it a little bit like, I'll just have to block certain amounts of time, but that's fine. Like I'll work otherwise. And I think it's good timing because, you know, like my main seller is going to retire at the end of May. And so a lot of the like little stuff of like, Hey, something broke or what's happening out in the field. He's keeping on track on tabs on because he's out in the field a lot because that's been his job. He hasn't done as much of the office work. And so that's what we're going to lose that connection to the crews once he retires. And so that's what I need to replicate. And so I think getting into the cadence now is actually pretty crucial. Yeah, that sounds pretty natural. Right. Like probably makes sense to everybody else yeah. as well. I think that's part of the pitch. I think, um, Josh, what are your thoughts? Like, is there out of the three, right? Cause like, like I talked about my kind of three buckets for meetings. I got the daily sit rep, the weekly L10, the, um, one-on-ones my, this is not the way I did it, but my inclination is that if you were going to start with one, starting with the one-on-ones probably it might be the right idea. And maybe like the messaging and the one-on-ones helps lead you into the other stuff, like breaks the ice on the other stuff. I don't know. What are your thoughts? If you asked me two months ago, I'd say start with the weekly. It's the most important because it gets everybody together once a week. It gives everybody a a set time to air issues. So you're not getting bombarded all week. They know like, oh, I'm going to bring this up on Wednesday or whatever. But as you're, and again, this might be company size too. What I realized is with our company size and dispersion, across the US, there are so many things ready to go wrong that unless you're having those one-on-ones and developing people, like it's like the building the systems that run the company. It's same thing with the people. You need the right PMs in place at all the different locations. Otherwise, every issue from every location bubbles up to you, right? So at one location, okay. At two locations, okay. We're now at, five, at four. And so I, I, I can't handle and Eric can't handle that. So the, the preemptive move is develop people at those locations to handle 90% of the stuff by giving them leadership skills, which is the one-on-one, right? The one-on-one is development, is calming, is building the direct rapport, is enabling them, is you know, all that stuff to allow them to solve stuff day-to-day, at least for, for me it is. So n- with, with a smaller size, and again, I'm literally making this up as I go along, but thinking two locations or less, 
you know, 20 guys and less and maybe, you know, I don't know, three to five million less. Maybe the weekly is more important, but above that, maybe the, the dailies are, or the one-on-ones are the most important to start with just because you're going to develop people that can then carry that on rather than you having to burden the whole thing. The only change in that is some of the stuff that Guestwork said about his specific company being what his direct need is right now. It sounds like, and Guestwork, are there multiple owners still there? You said that one of the yeah, sellers... Yeah, the, the, the main sell? one. There, there is another seller, but he's sort of staying long-term. He's actually one of my crew leaders. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so maybe... I mean, you have you have four to six months of glide after they leave, maybe less, where whatever whatever control that they exerted by being present, like whatever that people, like you said, on time, wheels out, all that stuff, that'll maintain for a little while between like a month and then it fades. You might want to start the one-on-ones during that fade time. And then when you see things start to slip, that's when you add either the weekly or the daily huddle kind of thing. But, you know, I... I I always feel the weekly is really important. I just, I don't know enough about the company to override my default decision and say, maybe you should start with the one-on-ones. No, I think that, that, that all checks out where, I mean, and look, the one-on-ones is also a huge retention tool, right? And that's very crucial to me through the transition out of the seller. And so that's where my head have been, had been at as well as to start with that and then sort of see how we're doing from a service provision standpoint and then start to kind of implement the improvements on that side. Because like the, the weekly is really serving a long-term improvement, whereas the, the one-on-ones is like defense in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to ask you. What are you more worried about? Are you more worried about the business breaking when the, the main seller is no longer in the field? Or are you more worried about key people leaving? I, I think key people leaving is the highest risk reason for why the business would break. Because they like it's a pretty well-oiled machine right now, even when the seller isn't in the office or in on the crew. And so, like the guys are great; they're all very responsible, they're very accountable, all of that. So, like keeping them around, I think, is the best defense for the business not breaking. But and then I think like the medium term is how do you de-risk the business in general and make it a better systems-driven business, which will then be like a medium to long-term solution to the business not breaking. But the short-term solution is just these people, like, I don't want these people to leave because they make it work. Sounds like it's a, it's a one-on-one that is probably the most important. And, well, like, that retention is so critical when you're at a small size, too, right? Like, I always, I use the analogy of, you know, because I kind of got my start in the civilian world with real estate. And I always make the analogy of like a duplex versus like a 20 unit apartment building, right? Like you lose one tenant in a duplex, you go to 50% occupied. Like you're hurt, you're hurting. You're not making your mortgage payment anymore. You lose one tenant in a 20 unit apartment building, you're still 95% occupied, right? So while you're small, while you're small, like it's almost more important. Like that retention is so critically important. So you don't lose that capacity. Yeah, I mean, like, that's exactly the reason I'm, like, buying another set of equipment, even though I don't really need it. It's because, like, one piece of redundant equipment is would be really, really good backup. It's the same kind of idea. I just, you can't really do that on the people side as easily. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to spin down. I'm not going to do it. But I'm about to spin down, like, a capacity, a demand, <laughs> demand rabbit hole. I won't, I won't go there. That's not what this episode's about. Uh, I've talked enough of them. Josh's podcast about that already. But... 
Josh, I, I'm going to spin this back on you real quick, man. Cause so we've been talking about how to kind of install these meetings at a company that doesn't have them. But how about a company that does have them asking for a friend here, but then doubles in size and now has like a hold co level, right? The, so something I'm thinking through is, you know, what is one, like what kind of meetings should now be occurring at the hold co level at the parent company level? And then two, what should the parent company's involvement in the portfolio companies, the location specific companies meetings be right. Where, where's that take your mind? So like I always answer everything with you, uh, still figuring it out, but I'll tell you where I'm at now. And that is, so like, this is something Eric and I have been talking about a lot because we are, we're changing now, right? Uh, we have to, we both do the same thing, but we also can't do the same thing. So the way that we used to say it was Eric and I do the same thing. Eric's 80, 20, mostly focused on tactical. I'm 80, 20 on strategic, but we're, we're getting big enough now where we need to actually have separate roles. And so what, what we've done is out of those three meetings, we've decided that the daily huddles are neither of our jobs. That's plant manager. And if the plant manager doesn't want to do it, like Ermax big enough where the plant manager probably doesn't have to do it. The molding manager can do it. All of the other plants are small enough where the plant manager needs to do it. And again, we just told them, guys, this isn't about the what. It's just get everybody aligned on the same page and kick, kicking off the day together. So there's some kind of feeling that you're part of a big a, a company here. Then there's the weekly. The weekly I used to run, I really told Eric, this has to be you now. You're the technical guy in the foundry. So that's one of the things we moved to him. It is his job to get mold count up. Uh, Rich, we've talked about those Papa teams, right? So what is Eric's purpose? His purpose is to go around every foundry and increase mold count. A big part of that is reducing anything, stopping them from increasing mold count. So he needs to be running that meeting. He needs to be assembling best practices from the different plants, spreading them around, sharing them in that meeting. So that bottleneck meeting has become his to run. We move the time that works better for him. It is now his meeting and, and he's, he's doing that. And then the last one is the one-on-ones. So we talked about that and I told him, I feel I should take those because, because of what they are. I said, I'm going to take systems, building the operations that support the growth that you're going to go on top of, and then all the people development. And so because I told him I was going to take people in leadership development, which I would say in November of last year was not that big of a concern. It was a little bit of a concern, but now with another plant, with more people that have upside, with needing to start moving people intra-plant for the first time this month, we have to pull the manager from one to another. We've got another person in the acquisition that can be a manager. Like we need to start purposefully developing our leaders. So that one-on-one -on -one I took and he, he called me and he said, I feel bad. I feel like you're doing my job for me and I should be talking to my plants. And I said, no, 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 you can't think of it that way. Think of it as I have operational development, systems development, and people development. You have mold count. Think of the income statement. You've got top line, right? Get the top line up in production. And then, you know, Nikki can focus on all of the, all of the expense, strategic cost control, GNL, all that stuff. So you guys handle the income statement. I'll handle the business that creates that income statement. And then the people that handle that business. And so as a result of dividing the business up that way, I've taken one-on-ones. Eric has the weekly bottleneck and the PMs have all the dailies. I don't know if that helps or answers your question of how we split it up. So I don't even join the weeklies most of the time anymore. I read the report after, but I don't join them. Do your plant managers have like some sort of weekly meeting with their teams? 
or no? Not at this time, no. They uh, the weekly meeting that they have with me, I give them afterwards like a printout that they can share or post up in the room in the break room. So if there's job openings, all that stuff, they can either bring it up in the daily huddle, they can post it up on the board, they can reference it, and we're working on getting screens, but the plan managers at this time do not have a weekly meeting. There is an all hands meeting, which is kind of like that at every plant once a month. So we talk safety. I usually try to show up for them. I think I've been at two of the last three and we'll, you know, I'll speak, Eric will speak, the plant manager kind of runs it. So we do that once a month. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause what I'm trying to figure out is like, we need to make some sort of adjustment. Like right now we don't have a weekly at Sanford. We don't have a weekly at strong point yet. We're running the weekly at guarantee, right? Which is sort of like strong points weekly as well. Guarantee kind of our manager? Mac, I guess. Wouldn't that be like TJ to kind of run that? Yeah. So like the GM at guarantee should be running the weekly at guarantee. Right. And I should not have to be there. And then, but it kind of is like, you know, if you're not careful, this turns into like a, a mess of meetings. That's what I was wondering. Is your is your GM of guarantee now also going to be GM of all home services? No. Or are you leaving him in guarantee and you're going to find an equivalent for him at Sanford? At Sanford. Yeah. So like we have a we have a general manager at guarantee. And like it happens to be TJ, who's my partner. <clears throat> it won't always be him, but there will always be a GM at guarantee, right? And then there will there is a general manager at Sanford. And then basically like those two GMs report to myself for now. Right. Ultimately, like when we pull TJ out of guarantee and he's kind of like, you know, kind of COO, you know, they, they might report to him or, you know, maybe it's something like you and Eric have going on where we split the duties a little bit. But what I'm trying to figure out is like, if you're not thoughtful about this. Now you've got strong point, the strong point team, you know, participating in the weekly meeting at guarantee. They're also participating in the weekly meeting at Sanford and maybe they're having their own weekly meeting as well, which is just like, you know, that's ridiculous, right? Like we're already, we're only at two portfolio companies and that's already ridiculous. And then, you know, cause it's not just, it's not just me at strong point. Like I also have like the call center manager, right. And she actually has like kind of a, she has an operational role in like the lead flow and the booking of, of these leads for you kind of have the three, portfolio you have three, companies. You have three company, three companies. You've got whether they're structured that way or not, you've got, and this is my opinion, you've got Sanford, you've got guarantee and you've got shared services. Shared services is basically your call center and you. And I think you, the head of shared services, the GM at Sanford and the GM at uh, Guarantee should have a call. But I don't think other people at Sanford should be on any kind of guarantee call. It, it should, the, 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 the communication should be developed in that meeting and then pushed down. It should be the GM's job to, like, and I literally had this conversation with our Ohio plant today. What we say in this meeting, it is your job as PM to push that down to the team. If we're going to experiment with sand, if that's what Eric wants to do, it is your job to communicate that and also to be involved in the plant and communicate back up. Because like you said, otherwise 
they're connected and I have to be connected and Eric has to be connected. And you end up with this crazy cross train stuff getting crossed. We've already had it, you know, well, I talked to Josh and he said that you were doing this, but then Eric came and he wanted to change this. And I, and I was like, well, listen to Eric because he's the one experimenting. And, but you also said that this other guy was in charge of sand. So, and it's like, okay, you can't, you can't all just be a team anymore because it doesn't work that well. It ends up confusing for those that don't have the big picture. So we've, we, we've cut it. So it's literally me. We have a leadership and with the PMs and the PMs communicate all things down and all things up. And on that one page results, she, I told you one of the results they're responsible for is communication in both ways, plant to leadership and leadership down to plant. So this kind of speaks to, this speaks to something I've been thinking through and you and I talked about this, like how maybe it was even like a year ago, like kind of like this idea of like the GM, like the manager's round table. Right. Where like, cause let's say this is now five companies instead of two. Right. Which I guess, you know, basically is kind of what you got going on at Kingcast. You got four plant managers. So yeah, is the most effective way to do this to have that weekly meeting is all of the managers from the respective companies plus myself plus TJ when, when he's not one of those GMs plus my call center manager plus my marketing manager right like and and it's basically like one it's like let's just like kick around like all the things that are screwed up or whatever like let's fix it let's do the same thing we're doing on the weekly l10 now and then it's also you know it's also them like briefing us like the because we're the support team right you know like here's where we need more help from you here's where we need to like stop breathing down our neck here you know like whatever it is but it's getting kicked around at that table and um it's yeah, all happening exactly like one have. shot. So now it's just like 45 minutes a week instead of like three separate 45 minute meetings or something. Yeah. You know, I, I think much you have more to. efficient that way. I hate meetings. So I'm always looking for which ones are working and which aren't. And so, yeah, we, I have a graphic I sent it to you of our round tables. We have two, we have the leadership round table, which is us four. And then we've got a management round table, which is just us four plus the PMs plus uh, head of Mexico, which is Miriam, which is basically our shared services. And so we all talk about everything because we all have different perspectives, right? That's the whole purpose of the meeting, bring in different perspectives from the plant, from leadership, from finance, from shared services. And so the leadership call is once a month. So that I run, that's on my calendar and I have the one-on-ones. The leadership is only once a month because we all talk a lot. We all know the vision. The vision doesn't change that much. We were basically just rehashing stuff we had already been texting about. And the only time we really had a meeting was when the financials came out at the end of the month. So we said, we'll just have this once a month, cover the financials, talk big strategy changes and get rid of the other three that are literally wasting all of our times in the afternoon. And so on my, on my calendar that I have to be part of are my one-on-ones and my monthly, that weekly off to Eric, I join it sometimes, but I don't talk. I leave it on mute. I'm doing other things and I'll write notes like, oh, I want to talk to Eric about this after, but I won't say in the meeting, it's his meeting to run. I says if I'm not there and sometimes I'm, I'm actually not there. So, because yeah, you, I just couldn't run the weekly and the one-on-ones and the, and the monthly, let alone what I wanted to do, but it was, it sounds like where it's where you're at is also, should I be having one with each plant like Ermac and the Ermac molding manager and the Ermac clean manager and the Ermac machine shop manager. But at some point you're just like, you know, Frank, I got to tell you 
what we're doing and I got to trust that you're going to execute it. Otherwise, you're not a plant manager. You're just some somebody who making sure the shop doesn't burn down. And Frank is definitely capable. We do not see eye to eye on things. We don't attack it the same way, but he is fully capable. He knows what he's doing. What the, the, His execution is flawless in what he tries to do. And I think we're all headed in roughly the same direction. So I basically give Frank my desires and he says, pushes back on some and some he doesn't. Some he says, yep, I'll do my best. And it goes back to that accountability and autonomy thing. Like if he says no, other than there's, I have, we have like 10 non-negotiables. Other than that, he says no. It's like, all right, I guess, you know, you guys aren't going to meet then. So I'll just take your word for it that it's all going to work out. But yeah, I, I we don't cross the plants directly. One thing I am thinking about crossing the plants more, but not in a meeting, is like an annual retreat. We'll all get together in a hotel, go over, have some fun, have a couple of dinners, get everybody together. But I don't see any value in having, you know, the Ohio and the New Hampshire plant on a call once a week together, other than the two managers on the total bottleneck plan. Yeah, that makes sense. Just pisses me off that now I have to like totally rework my weekly meeting, but different company now. Uh, All leadership <clears throat> development now. Develop somebody else to run the meeting the same way you would. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, you know, maybe it's slightly less effective than it otherwise would be. But the reality, like people's time constraints are, are their time constraints, just the reality of the situation, you know? And you're not going to stop growing things. and acquiring. So instead of just building and saying, oh, it's only two, we can still manage it. You might as well build for what you're actually going for and get it solidified. Right. Exactly. Yep. You're exactly right. I wonder, you know, when you have these meetings with your four plant managers, right? Your management roundtable, do you get it? Do you get the feeling at all that like, any single one of those plant managers is kind of getting his time wasted by like one guy just like railing against, you know, whatever issue he has in Missouri. And the guy in New Hampshire is like, wants to blow his brains out. You know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I get that. Cause there's enough of the other side that it cancels it out in my, in my opinion. So like I said, our, our Minneapolis guy is on top of his shit. Like he knows what's going on. So he probably hears what's happening. He usually throws in ideas and, you know, but he can run through his whole plant in about two minutes. He is more informing you than asking you for help. But then, yeah, the other guys are like, you know, I got three machines down. I know what to do. Who's our local guy for electric? And, you know, I need more people. And so, yeah, it's just like this complaint fest. And But we get enough cross ideation of, well, you know, hey, why don't we move this pattern over to Ermac? Frank can run this. No problem. We'll take some of the stuff Frank doesn't want to do and move it back down. Maybe that'll solve this problem and buy us another two months to get the machine fixed in the meantime. And and then there's enough of that that I think they see the value. M my big thing for that meeting is to keep it on the on our time constraint to the point where when I was running it, I would hang it up. I would just literally just hang it up and build somebody talking because I wanted them to know the time constraint is serious. And I, we talked about this before because somebody who's running Ermac is constantly busy morning till night. And if they know a meeting is just going to drag and drag and drag, they are not showing up. And so I'd rather be rude, but at least them know like this meeting's definitely going to be over in exactly 30 minutes. And so one, I better quickly say my stuff because he's going to hang up the phone. And two, I've got 30. I don't have 45. I don't have an hour, but I've got 30. And I know for a fact it's going to be 30. I think that's really important, especially for these guys. I mean, they're 
they're making the money, right? I don't want to hold them up. At the same time, we, we do have to connect once a week. Sorry. We just, we have to. On that same note, we, uh, when I first started doing the weekly L10 meetings, I deliberately did not purchase like the pro account for zoom so that it would time out at 40 minutes. Nice. Without, like we had no set. See ya. <laughs> you would start, it would start counting down too. You're like, oh shit, we only have like 30 seconds. You know, so You're like showing them on up. the screen with your fingers. Three, <laughs> two, one. No pressure. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. I did it. I, we probably kept it like that for like eight weeks. And then uh, finally I was like, all right, I probably should just like purchase Zoom for 12 bucks or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Did they think you were punctual or did they think you were cheap? We don't, we're not really sure. <laughs> it's probably both. I tried to make the case for the, for the former, but I think everyone knew it was the latter. So um, I, I want to turn it back on you then. Cause like you said something earlier that I found interesting. You've mentioned it before and just because of where I'm at now and stuff going on at Kanecast. Talk to me about your, 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 your Friday breakfast. How did that start? Like, is it, just all fun, just grab something at like Denny's. I mean, what, what does it look like? Yeah, it's pretty low threat. It's like, like literally we, for one, we do it off site, literally like right around the, right around the corner, right? Like we're, we're right in central Jersey, you know, Jersey's full of diners, you know, kind of greasy spoon diners. So the rainbow diner in brick township, New Jersey is, is where we've recently been doing it. We were doing it at the brick diner before. And yeah, we, we, everyone rolls up in their, you know, company truck, like parks them all right next to each other. You know, it's like super apparent from the street, you know, on a major highway through town that we're there. We all, you know, we all kind of hang out in the parking lot, wait for guys to show up. We roll in, they've got a table set, you know, for 16 people every Friday morning, like ready for us. And yeah, we roll in there, the guys, order their meals, like whatever they want. It's mostly just kind of shooting the shit for the most part. And sure, we're like, you know, we're like kind of talking about work, but not in any sort of like deliberate way. And then when we're all like finished and, and, and you know, the company covers the tab, we'll walk out to the parking lot, quick, have like a quick meeting in the parking lot, go over any announcements, updates, issues. And we do vehicle like we do like a vehicle kind of maintenance checklist. We hand out the checklist. The guys kind of like, you know, PM their vehicles, preventive maintenance. And and then they roll out to their jobs. That's pretty much it. We do it at eight. So our, our days generally start at eight. So we do that at eight and we roll, we're all on the road by nine. So we eat an hour on Friday mornings, but to us, it's worth it. You know, yeah, that sounds like it's definitely, I'm, I'm thinking about how valuable that would be, especially for some of our smaller plants where there's some strain, the owners left, people are unsure, we're, you know, changing some things and just to have everybody for lunch or for breakfast, it just, I'm thinking we, we start often staggered shift anywhere between 3 a.m. and 6. So you don't want to stop the middle of the day and leave the end of the day. They probably just want to bust out of there. Can't really do it in the, in before. I'm trying to think. Two of our plants technically don't work Fridays, but times they come in, maybe just have like an optional, like we'll just hold it open. I have a feeling nobody would show up. I, I got to think of how to implement that or something like that. And this goes back to like what we were talking about with, with guesswork before about just kind of like these companies and their daily kind of operating rhythm. 
like we, one of my managers was like really keen on doing it lunch instead of breakfast at first. I thought it was, I thought it was a bad idea. I was like, all right, man, like we'll try it. And the problem is that, you know, like when you guys are out on the road doing their jobs, like, okay, lunch is scheduled for 12. You got to meet at this restaurant at 12. Okay. Well, one guy finishes his job at 1045 in the morning. He doesn't have enough time to run another job and still be at lunch on time. So he's just got to eat an hour, 15 minutes waiting for lunch to start. Another guy doesn't finish his job until 1215. So he doesn't roll in until 1245. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, it was just like a mess just made like logistically did not work. So, you know, we tried it like twice, three times. We said, no, it's gotta be breakfast. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think it, you know, if you, I think if you came to guarantee and you ask guys like, Hey, how do you feel about the culture here? A lot of them would point to the breakfast. Like that would be top of mind. They'd be like, you know, like things are pretty good here. Like for instance, the breakfast on Friday is like pretty cool. You know, I love getting together with other people and chatting on a regular basis. Everything from basketball leagues to Bible studies that I've been in, like there was some component of regular meeting and chatting and a lot of just life stuff. And we're human beings, all of us before we're workers and employees. So you're touching that human element of community. Again, that's the whole reason for the daily meeting in my, you know, the connection, the unity, and you're, you're hitting that directly without any business in the way, I, I think it's uh, really powerful. Yeah. And you got to think like for my company too, like most, you know, all of my guys are for the most part operating independently out of their trucks. They, they drive their trucks home. They drive their job, their trucks from their house to their first job. They run all their jobs. They go home, right? They pop into the off, they pop into the shop to grab something or whatever. So it's just like very kind of like, um, ships passing in the night kind of stuff. And, you know, they're all up on Slack or whatever, but, but there is no like water cooler time naturally at this company. So, so I think for a company like mine, the breakfast is, is, is important. You know, like we're trying to install that at this new company, but, but we're getting pushback, you know, for the same reason that I guess we're expecting pushback from, from his team or from his seller, you know, like you know, we've always been trying to like push out the door early, you know, to like maximize our day. It's like, yeah, dude, trust me. I freaking get that. You know, I'm all about it. I love it. But, but what are we losing over time by doing that? And can we just like concede an hour once a week to like break bread together and like drink some coffee and shoot the shit and feel like we're on the same team and, you know, so. Well, man, I, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to find a way to implement it, even if it's fractal to different plants. Obviously, it'll have to be, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I just think that that's so important. And that directly hits some of the issues that we're having as we scale is keeping everybody as a cohesive team, not as just people wandering around, hitting the foundry for a few months until they find a new job. You know, we're looking for those lifers. And that's a really great way to to build and find those lifers, I think. Right. Yes, exactly. How do you like integrate someone to the team to the point where like they would never consider leaving? And like all this stuff is just like little pieces of that, you know, obviously you got to pay them well, treat them well, be good to work for, be a safe place to work, all that stuff. But like, how do you make them feel like, oh man, like maybe they are frustrated with you this month or this week or whatever, 
but they're like, yeah, but I couldn't leave, man. I mean, these are my boys, you know? Um, like, how do you, how do you build that? I think you build that through stuff like this. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Hopefully I can join one of those breakfasts, uh, someday fly out there. For sure. That'd be pretty cool. Hang out with y'all. Cool. Rich. Thanks for chatting. Guest work had to leave, but it was awesome having him on. It's funny yeah, how much you learn about you. Yeah. It's funny how much you learn about what you do as you explain to others. Like, I think that's why t- Twitter is so great. Like, I go to put a thought down and then it's not well organized. So I rewrite it six, seven times and I add nuance and then I look at it and it's, it's, it's much more developed than it was in my head to the point where I put it on Twitter for like my own posterity, like, so I can reference it later. And I've, I've, I know this sounds narcissistic, but I've referenced stuff I wrote. That's kind of why I wrote it out there. Like here's, these are all my ops principles. Now they're publicly available for you, but it's also my public almost like uh second brain right where i can go reference ideas i came up with things i've implemented ways i've talked about it and rehash and realign uh, to it so yeah it's just helpful to think about it some of his questions the way he posed them were really helpful for me to think about why do i do meetings why don't i do meetings what is the important reason for a meeting and then hearing you go through your specifics your your breakdown your categories was really helpful for me to compare it to what we do find some holes come up with kind of the next iteration of community unity alignment and then just effectiveness and efficiency. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why I like doing these conversations too and recording them so I can go back and sometimes it's like cringeworthy, you know, you go back like a year ago and you're like, Oh my God, dude, I thought I had it figured out. What an (laughs) idiot. That's why I preface all my with, well, where I'm at now, because (laughs) I've I've been an idiot for, for 30 years now. So I just figure it's not going to change. I'm always going to be an idiot. I might as well just preface my stuff with my disclaimer. <laughs> That's fair. Cool, man. I will see you later. All right, man. Thanks.